Yes, indeed, Father, we know about the war. Thank you for showing us uh, the rules of engagement, Lord, the parameters, the paradigm of spiritual warfare. And truly, we are in a war with the enemy who hates you and hates us. And so, Lord God, I pray today that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear and understand that there's much more to life than what just meets the eye and that we will not base our judgments on appearances and emotions and experiences, but we'll base our, our judgments on the truth of the Word of God, that you are the only absolute. You do not change. You do not change the rules. You do not change your mind. You, Lord God, are the stability in the universe, uh, yesterday, the, today, and forever the same. And I thank you, Lord, for the love that you have for us. I pray that the uh, love receptor sites that have been blocked in our lives through fear and, and sin and confusion would be open today and that we would receive the love of God, the revelation of Jesus Christ, so that we can be set free from the sicknesses and be brought into the place of healing in our lives. Because this is a huge and urgent matter and a, a great uh, battlefront in the war. People who are sick and dying, people who are are going into eternity, people who don't maybe need yet to go into eternity that are slipping away. And so, Father, I pray that you would stand, uh, bring forth a standard of righteousness and truth and deliverance and healing, <clears throat> giving us your wisdom and faith and trust in you, trust in you, that you are good. And so uh, give us wisdom and protect us, Lord. Protect us. Uh, you are a refuge for those, a strong tower and a refuge for those who run into you and are safe. And so we trust that you will uh, deflect the weapons that have come against us, the attacks, the words, the situations, the scenarios, the traps, that you deliver us because you are faithful and you are good. And so, Lord, help us now as we understand and read and listen to and under and discuss the questions that are on our minds. Why are people sick and why aren't people healed? Amen. Well, that's a question. Why are so many people sick these days? I mean, supposedly, you know, in where you have a very high standard of living, you know, in, mm -hmm. in what we call the Western world, <laughs> high standard of living. We got this good food. Wealth. Supposedly. We've got supposedly we've got you know plenty of food. We've got great you know hospitals, yeah. mm -hmm. clinics, uh, expert surgeons, physicians, um, all, all kinds of uh, medicines. And benefits, and, supposedly. And, and benefits. Uh, and then yet we have so many people that are so very sick. Well, sickness is a, a curse. It comes from judgments. It comes from, um, you know, the body not functioning. It comes from disobedience, really. Uh, I think Ezekiel the psalmist talked about the sin, the sickness in my bones, the sin in my bones. Um, there's a lot of references in the Bible to um, the connection between the physical body and the spiritual disposition. And because so many of us live our lives out of our souls instead of out of our spirits, um, the body suffers. And a lot of us have been persuaded to believe lies about what we can eat and how we can take care of this body or not, and it, abuse the body, if you will, um, for other reasons. We we 
we abuse our bodies because we think somehow that's going to make me feel better <clears throat> or I'm going to, you know, be delivered from something. So our body becomes ultimately the last frontier, the place where um, it all collects at the end. The, the, you know, I say it this way. Your body doesn't lie. You know, your mouth may lie. Other people lie. You may tell lies. But your body finally says, I can't take this. I can't do this anymore. That infection, that affliction, that infirmity, that bitterness, that whatever it is that you're harboring, holding, stuffing in your stomach, holding in your uh, wherever. I, it's not, I, it's in my way. I can't process your food when I have all this emotion in my stomach. I can't, I can't, you know, think clearly when I have all this brain fog going on. Uh, so your body says, I, I can't do this. And when your body says, I'm sick, I'm in pain, finally, finally, people get real and they finally start to listen to what is what their body is trying to tell them. And of course, they go to interpreters. You go to the medical community and they interpret it. Well, it's this, this, and this, and it's that, that, and that. And if you do this and this and take this and that, you'll be fine. Um, but nobody wants to really bring it to the root of, of sin and disobedience. Now, last time we talked, well, you're not sick because of sin, but because we obeyed or, or agreed with lies, the lies have the power to bring uh, disruption, corruption. For example, the disobedience, the very first sin in the garden was a sin that was committed by eating. Right, yeah, eating what God said not to eat. Right, and so, right. So, so, yeah, go ahead. What we have, you know, we have, supposedly, let's talk about in the United States, we have this, we've had abundance of food, all kinds of food, the grocery store shelves mm -hmm. filled with all kinds of food, but there are so many toxins and preservatives and, and it's things all a that, trick. that it's, it's not yeah, food. Yeah. It's really not food. Yeah. Um, that and, and so nutrition, lack of proper nutrition uh, can create a lot of physical sicknesses sickness, right. and diseases. Well, actually, you know, food is because it's so vital and critical to uh, the health of our body. The enemy has weaponized food against us. Mm -hmm. It's poisoned. It's GMO'd. It's it's from polluted dead soil. Um, it's fake, you know. Mm -hmm. And 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 the enemy, I believe, has even trained our taste buds to like the taste of the un the, stuff that's bad for us. The artificial more than yeah. the real. Oh, those strawberries are sour. Well, they're real. No, this artificial strawberry. You know, it's whatever. So we have this corruption in the world and it's reflected in our body. So it's very important to eat the food that God has prescribed for us as much as possible. But that's not what we're talking about. That, that does explain why people are sick a lot. There's other reasons why people are sick too, um, that they harbor bitterness. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 talks about the roots of bitterness that spring up and defile many. It, it affects your bones. You know, it affects the joints. It affects uh, our relationships with one another. Our body reflects, uh, the body as it functions reflects our spiritual connections our, uh, with other people. And so if you're in adversity or uh, bitterness, that friction is shows up in your bones. So there, and, and you know, um, uh, let's see, a strong, a, a harsh word breaks a bone. Uh, mm -hmm. um, evil report is uh, death to the to the bones. Right. You know, and so you so have, words and so you have lies. We're 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 bombarded through our media with lies. Uh, we, we may have you know parents or brothers or sisters or others or siblings or uh, other. Uh, people that have you know cursed us 
with that, words that mm-hmm. words, or ourselves. Words are powerful. Mm-hmm. It says mm-hmm. uh, a, a word can break a bone. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, gracious words can bring health to the a bones. A good report is health to the bones. So there's yeah. there's a lot Proverbs. of, uh, like you say, harshness, unkindness. Mean words. Uh, flattery. Even, abuse. Psychological abuse. A lot of emotional abuse. abuse. And so what yeah. happens is that in, in the pressure that people are under today, pressure to succeed, pr- pressure to please others, be the best, to please others, mm-hmm. to perform properly at to work. To live in volatile situations of abuse or narcissism or witchcraft, as well. all these things you're talking about. Yeah, and fi- financial pressures, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. man, uh, we got this all you know inflation going on and and i just pressure anxiety Mm -hmm. pressure fear what's going to happen what Mm -hmm. if i can't make Mm -hmm. my house payment what if i can't worries um you know Mm -hmm. make it to this school that i want to get to all this this pressure pressure brings depression yeah Yeah. and so all the psychological things we're fussing with the the depression the anxiety the stress the fibromyalgia all of these things are coming out of the environment we're we're living in and in some ways um, trapped in, and so the the more you can get away from those ungodly ways of doing things or things affecting you, the, what you eat, the way people are treating you, the more you can get into a healthier place of peace and in, in especially in your relationship with God. Though you may not be able to change a lot of things in your natural environment at this moment, maybe later, you can have and hide yourself in the spirit, in your relationship with God and know that God is for you. God loves you. And when you go through the fire, he will be with you. When you walk through the flood, he, you'll not be burned. This is Isaiah. So these are promises that the Lord God is making to us but they're coming through the word. And a lot of people have no education or awareness of the word. They go to church. They know there's a Bible. They hear the preacher preaches a, a, a snippet out of the Bible, maybe one little passage here or there that actually suits some feel-good agenda that he might be wanting to promote at that moment. But when it really gets down to the nitty-gritty, it says in Isaiah, it says, God says, fear not, for I'm with you. So fear is the basic bottom line of sickness. Because fear says, oh no, what if, I'm afraid, what's going to happen? And that triggers your hypothalamus into sending messages into your body, a fight and flight, and all the cortisol and histamines and all the neurochemicals are released in your body, which ultimately become deadly if they're not reabsorbed. Now you mentioned the hypothalamus. Now what exactly, some people might know what the hypothalamus is. Well, the hypothalamus is in your brain. It's part of your body. It's the, it's the, the interpretive center, I say. So when the in, the information is coming in the through your senses, your eyes, your your ears, your smell, all of these things are bringing information into your body, and your your hypothalamus is that place where it has to interpret whether that information is dangerous or safe. Danger, danger, danger. So if it if it's dangerous, it's going to send a message to your body through the chemical systems and through the electrical system. We have two systems in our bodies that communicate information to the body, to the members of the body, so that they know if they should run or, or, or hide or freeze or whatever. And, or, or whatever. So these, this is a, a God-given ability to, we call it, um, you know, fight and flight. Uh, so the body is, pre- is pre- created by God to respond to danger. But when the dangers go on and on and on and never end, and it's an abusive husband or abusive wife, or it's a it's a, you know, the pain in your heart or a heartbreak. And a lot of people are dying of heart attacks because their hearts are broken. 
mm-hmm. simply, simply, simply. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people think, well, their heart just gave out. Well, they were born with it. You know what? Maybe it's a generation of heartbreak. I don't know. But all I know is if you're, if you have lots of heart attacks in your body, in your bloodline or in yourself, your heart needs to be healed. Okay, what about from the you, truth? You touched on this just a little bit uh, about generational curses. You know, because even medical doctors say, okay, they want to look at your family history. Is there a family sister, history of heart disease? Is there a family yeah. history of uh, medical uh, diabetes? History. So, right. so they're looking at that to a certain extent, but, you know, but, they don't really go far enough. But they can't the do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Right. All, a, they, all they do with that, honey, is they just are confirming a diagnosis. It's just another support to the confirm the diagnosis that you have diabetes because your mother had it. Right, right. You know. But... But there are definitely generational curses mm-hmm. from the past, weaknesses, uh, susceptibility, traumas, mm-hmm. traumas that mm-hmm. are, are still come down. We don't, many right. people do not even realize that. Well, they don't but, realize we're at the bottom of an avalanche of generational junk because every generation, it says that the sins of the fathers are visited onto the children to the third and fourth generation. By the third or fourth generation, God is expecting those doors to be closed, the sins to be confessed, things to be corrected, but that doesn't usually happen. And so what happens is those doors stay open and the enemy just keeps coming do, down with more and more demonic judgments of sickness, infirmity, and weaknesses. And so that's why if you look at like people who have... Lung issues, for example. If you look back in their bloodline, you'll find that there's lung issues in some of their biologically blood pe- bloodline people. Um, and because there's been a trauma there, there's been a break there, there's been a, already a demonic assault there, that's a weaker spot. So the devil comes in and just goes in that, that weakened area, that open door, whatever, and he just recreates the whole scenario again. But he can't just do it. He has to get you to agree to it. And those agreements are very subconscious um, and very, you know, there's a lot of them that are made through implications and and passive agreements that that we don't even realize we've made with the enemy because we don't understand how intense this war really is. So another thing, say someone is listening today and they said this whole idea of generational curses, things that come to us, evil things that come to us because of, what happened up up in the family tree? Mm-hmm. But if peop- some people say, "Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know. Maybe this is what's going on with me, and I I don't know what's back there in my generations." Mm-hmm. And I mean, if there's something there, if there's some mysterious evil there that's affecting me now, and I don't know what it is, how do I find out what it is, and what can I do to mm-hmm. uh, break that? Well, even if you don't know your generational histories, and many people do not, and some are adopted and whatnot, um, you can see what's going on in you now. And if you have children, you can see what's going on in them. If they're old enough, it's kind mm. of progressing. So two points divine, define a line. So you already see the pattern is coming down, although you don't have the line previous to your generation. But by the fruit is coming out. And so the fruit of dysfunction in the body, uh, illness, sickness, weaknesses, predispositions to alcoholism, whatever... These are all real, and they're there, and they're there because they can be there. And, they're, and, and, and people say, well, you know, G, G, Satan is a defeated foe, and we're not under the curse anymore. Well, that's not true. Jesus told us, he says, bless those who curse you. And he was talking to believers. So when you're being cursed by someone's words, by some parent or 
whatever that is putting expectations on you, some husband, wife that's is cursing you, you know, you're being cursed. So he tells us what to do. So obviously Christians can be cursed and we can still be living in ignorance and under the, the, un, the curses that we could have and can and have the authority to deal with. And that doesn't mean, you know, because Jesus died. Okay, it's all under the blood, absolutely under the blood. Jesus took care of sickness, disease, by his stripes were healed. Uh, through his death, uh, you know, the resurrection life of Christ lives in us, etc. But that victory of the cross where he said it is finished has to be enforced. You can pass all the lovely laws you want, but if they're not enforced, there's going to be lawlessness out there. And so would the church is called to uh, make known to the principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness, uh, the, the manifold wisdom and power of God, but the church is not doing that. You know, we are, you know, you know, your own individual life say, well, wait a minute. God did not create me to carry this burden, this curse, this abuse, this da-da-da-da-da. So, Lord, what is the lie I'm believing, and why does Satan get to keep this demonic judgment upon me? But if you think, if you're confused, and you think, oh, God is the one doing this, then you're not going to go boldly to the throne of grace and mercy to find any help or tr- in time of trouble, and you're not going to know what to do. And so this confusion, this doubt, this double-mindedness, confusion about the goodness of God begins the problem. The two objectives of Satan in this war, to blow up the bridge is the one objective, blow up the bridge, and the bridge has two ends, the end that who is God and who am I? Mm -hmm. And if Satan can get you to believe lies about the goodness of God or about your own worthiness or your, your righteousness in Christ, somehow making you believe you still have to earn that righteousness by being good and adding good works to the cross, which basically is an insult to the, the work, finished work of Jesus Christ. I can of my own self, Jesus said, do nothing, but I can do all things through the, through the Spirit, uh, through God who strengthens me. Let's take a look at something here real quick. In Deuteronomy 28, 22, this is kind of in the middle of all these curses. He says, I will gonna, at the, the first half, he says, I will, gonna, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna bless you. you, you follow me, I'm gonna bless you. When you come in, when and you go And it's not mm-hmm. that he's on some ego trip, oh, I gotta have all this attention or else, mm-hmm. but it's like he knows the realms of yes. the spiritual realms. He knows where the blessings are, he knows where the dangers are, he wants what's best for us. But in these curses that if you disobey the voice of the Lord, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he says here, that might be a, a problem for some folks. Uh, verse 22, and it talks about, um, well, let, let's look at the Lord, verse 21 and 22 of Deuteronomy 28. The Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. And then okay. verse 22, the Lord will strike you with consumption, with mm-hmm. fever, with inflammation, with severe burning fever, with the sword, with scorching, with mildew, and they shall pursue you until you perish. Now it sounds like what what mm-hmm. we're seeing here: the Lord will strike you, the mm-hmm. Lord will strike you, the Lord will with curse boils, you. With boils, mm-hmm. turmoil, verse twenty-seven, the scab, the itch from which you cannot be healed, madness and blindness, confusion of heart. You'll not prosper in your ways, but only be oppressed and plundered continually, and no one shall save you. So it's it sounds like. Mm-hmm. What we're hearing here is that the Lord is doing this. The mm-hmm. Lord is bringing all this bad stuff mm-hmm. on those who are 
are being disobedient to him. My, my answer to that, if you refuse to put the devil in the equation of spiritual warfare and don't realize that this whole thing from God on, from the very beginning, is a conspiracy against the goodness of God, against our lives and our relationship with God, if you don't understand that, then you haven't even entered into any kind of concept where you understand the realms. And so what God is saying here is, he, here, here's what it is. God has a perfect will. And that perfect will was the Garden of Eden. Okay, everything was good. Did you know that the lions had to eat grass? They weren't eating rabbits in the, in the garden. There was no bloodshed. Everybody was a vegetarian, you know. Um, there was no strife. There was no war. There was no conflict. There was no nothing but peace and goodness. Okay, that's God's perfect will. <clears throat> then Adam and Eve were given a free will because God did not want to make them robots. So they had one thing that he told them not to do. Just don't eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because if you do that and the day that you do that, you're going to die. Now, he wasn't saying that to curse them. He was just saying, don't do that. Here's the consequence if you do that. <clears throat> That's because God already knew that the enemy was laying for their souls. And they didn't. I don't think they had not yet been introduced to the serpent, the snake, Satan. They were really too overly <laughs> protected. And then the enemy comes in and he, he persuades Adam and Eve to use, uh, activate, exercise their free will. And once, once that happened, the door was open for en the enemy to come in and operate in his will. And his will is sickness, disease, curses, afflictions, uh, consumption, uh, boils, etc., etc. Everything, that's what he put on Job. I mean, obviously we see it. The devil was right there doing it. Okay, and that's very obvious in the book of Job, which most people don't want to read because it's too laborious and too long and too hard to understand. Well, if you can't stand the book, read the first couple chapters and the first and the last couple of chapters, and you pretty much got most of it figured out. But so Satan is there doing it, and so God is saying this. He's honoring the rule. There's one rule in the war between God and Satan for the souls of men, and the rule is this, whom we yield ourselves servant to obey. His slave we become. So this is the rule, you know, and, and so God voted for us, the devil votes against us, and you break the tie by who's, you're, who you're going to listen to, who you're going to believe. And so when we disobey God, we're saying no to God, rejecting his counsel, rejecting his goodness, uh, confused about his love, thinking he's treacherous, whatever, and we're going to do this ourselves. It's up to me. I got to take care of myself. That's the biggest lie out there. It's up to me. It's up to me to figure out how to do this, how to do that, how to stay well, how to get to heaven, how to da, 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 da. It's all up to me because I can't trust God. And But the lie is when it's up to me, you've actually listened to the devil because the devil is using you and your fear and your need to control things to persuade you to take action and authority. Uh, and actually you've agreed with him. And so now God says, okay, you're listening to the devil. So I have to permit because of the rule you've chosen. I'm not bending the rules. I'm playing by the rules. I'm not even going to, you know, I'm not going to interfere with that because you have a right to, you know, reject me. You have a right to walk away from me. And when your generations have walked away, it becomes very difficult. Um, but you can, you, you don't have to die because they chose to walk away from God. You have a free will. You have the right to come back to God. It's just that you don't know maybe always what, we, what you're up against, against. But when people see this as God put this on me, they're again, literally, uh, just literally interpreting this without understanding any of the background, any of the real 
uh, they just say, God did this. God is mean. God is mad. God cursed me. I, I have to be good or God's going to get mad at me. That's just a very literal and um, legalistic interpretation of what's the dynamic of what's really going on. Yeah, so what we're saying is that there's 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 principles the war. there's a principle set up and there's the 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 rules of engagement, right? Exactly. So, you know, if you're going to yield to the, the lies of the enemy, you're going to become his servant. You're going to yield That's to right. the Lord and his truth, you become his servant and walk in freedom. And and you cross over from the Lord to the enemy. Uh, you're going to be in in big big trouble, and you. And, but yet, if you're in in the enemy's camp, you can still be you know forgiven and through redeemed. repentance, you mm-hmm. can be redeemed and brought into the place of of blessings. You know, a lot of people don't understand that they can live in great blessings. Mm-hmm. And that we're not just talking about you know super super wealth. So, you know all that sort of thing, but there's there's blessings. It's like uh, goodness why, of God. Why, why not we? Why not live in the blessings of God? Why not? Why not you know, live in the why, truth? Why settle? You know, people are just settling in the place of, of settling and just in a survive a survival mode. Yeah. What do I do to survive? Jesus didn't say, I've come that you might survive. He yeah. says, I've come that you might live and live I need, more abundantly. I need more money. I need another Jesus of, said, come unto drug. me. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. But here's the deal, what people don't get. You know, nobody wants to serve the devil, really. I mean, you're built by God. You you have that sense of, I want, I want love. I want goodness. I want God. But we don't realize that this is much more treacherous than you might first think because there's two operating systems within us. One is the body of death that operates through your soul and the other is the spirit of God bearing witness with our spirit in our spirit. So we have two softwares. We And, and a lot of believers go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth and they dig the rut between what they feel, what they think, what other people are saying, what it looks like versus what God says. And so they go back and forth and that becomes double-mindedness, and that man don't think he's going to get anything from God. You have to know the revelation of Jesus Christ and of God, that God does not lie, and God is good, and God keeps his word completely. That's it. Bottom line, end of story, close the book. There's nothing more. But people are deceived and tempted, even so much, Satan is so insidious in his temptations of us, that he's even concocted a way for to reflect us back to ourselves and impersonate us to ourselves, to get us to speak over ourselves the very thing he wants to come to pass in our life. I am. I am sick. I am depressed. I'm never going to make it. My cancer, my headache, my this. You're owning these things and mm-hmm. saying, yep, 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 good. She's agreeing. Good. We can keep, keep it. Pour on, boys. She's still in our camp. She's still, you know, she's not seen the light and so we don't rise up and say that's enough i'm walking out of this i don't want this i don't believe this satan is not my friend but we don't even believe in satan so for the most part we're just hoodwinked and in the dark completely at the mercy of the devil who brings all kinds of solutions fake solutions temporary solutions fads switches rules changes the lo- the, the changes the rules and and we're just in a cauldron being stirred up uh, as the devil is cooking us for lunch well Here's the deal. When we, we own our diagnosis, all right, own our disease. So the How thing do we is do that? To, How do we here, do that no, without well, doing that? No, we say, well, this is my, my cancer, my allergies, my, my, my. Right, so right. we've accepted these. And the symptoms. But yeah. if, if, okay, say if you have. But here's the deal. You have an allergy, you have the symptoms. 
What do you do? Are are you just saying, well, you know, no. really, I don't have these. Well, are, are we living in denial? Okay, here, let me uh, answer of, that. Of something that's obvious. You can tell I'm excited, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> I love this. I love the truth. Okay, so we're not telling you to live in denial. We're telling you to deal with the devil. Okay. Uh, that's no. You better now, say that again. You don't. We're not asking you to live in denial because denial is a lie. Mm-hmm. And we're not asking you to lie about things. It's but to deal with it, to deal with the symptoms. Now, for example, understanding when you have something going on in your body that's not okay. Obviously, you're sick or you've got an illness or a diagnosis of something, mental, me- emotional, physical, whatever. You, the first thing you want to know is number one, God did not create you that way. He did not create you with uh, allergies. Why would he do that? Why would he put us in this world full of ragweed and pollen and cat dander and everything else and then make us sick about it, sick with it? No, God gave us a body that can refine and filter and do whatever it needs to do to live in the world that God mm-hmm. created. However, we are so bewitched and, 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 and seduced by symptoms and we never take a stand against them. So you start sneezing, you start doing this thing. Oh my gosh, you know, I must, it must be, you know, must be allergic to whatever, whatever. Well, it's, it's spring now and I always get allergic in the spring when the, oh, you know. yeah. or there's this, uh, flu is going around. Yeah, whatever. And I guess it's my turn now. Yeah. 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 Just stop it. Just, if you just shut your mouth. If you're giving to this, these kinds of words to the devil, you're like handing him bullets to shoot back at you. You know, you say, okay, God, you made my body to purify the air. To You gave me little nose hairs. You gave me lungs to breathe and filter. Our bodies are very wonderful, unbelievable. And if you take good care of it, even in these very wicked days, if you, are, you honor and respect your body by feeding it, giving it, taking care of it, the rules. I mean, you. some of you take way better care of your lawnmowers than you do your own bodies. You take way better care of your cars, your classic cars. You think more about that and worried more about that dust and polish and whatever, more than your own body. What is that? You know, not that my body is my idol. My body is my house. I need my house to function well so I can do what? So I can indulge? So I can goof around? No, so that I can go out and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and so much of what we do, you know, Satan hinders us from preaching the gospel, healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, because he can stop us at the level of our physical bodies because they're weak, they're vulnerable, they need stuff. And if you've not been giving them the stuff they need and you're giving them too much of what they don't need, then you need to repent. You need to stop, you know, indulging in, well, it tastes good. Well, just, you know, God is not angry with you for eating a piece of chocolate cake with ice cream, okay? But that is not meant to be your daily diet. As a matter of fact, it's not even on God's recommended food list. If you go back to the garden and the first, the very first commandment God gave them was how to operate the body. Give them to give this body what it needs. You got a body, here's what it needs. It needs, it was the, the owner's operator's manual. It needs food with, with the, the fruit with the seed in it, in it and it needs um, uh, herbs. Herbs? Yeah. Meta- chemicals that are you know, uh, organic that help rebuild, uh, replenish, whatever. And later on, God gave them meat to eat because of the flood, and that's just what He did. So, but the thing is, um, we have we have subs- we, We're actually we're committing a sin that Jesus was tempted to commit in the in the wilderness. That sin, remember, we was tempted by the devil. Well, if you're the Son of God, 
jump down off the temple and see if he'll catch you. I mean, he said he gives his angels charge over you and you won't dash your foot against a stone. So Satan was using the scripture to tempt Jesus. And Jesus said, in an answer to that, he says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So for Jesus to do something stupid like that, jump off the temple to see what God would do, is putting God to the test. It's tempting God. So when you put stuff in your body that wasn't created by God or approved by God to put in your body, you're tempting God to see what he'll do. And so, oh, oh, I, I, you know, I used aspartame all my life and now I'm neurologically a mess or whatever. You know, there's, a, you know, there is so many things that we eat that are not good for us, that don't help our bodies heal. because And that's, that's a, a sin against our own body. It just seems like, well, why? Because I like the taste. What is this? Why am I so willing to throw my own physical body, my house, house under the bus for a moment of uh, ex- pleasure or a, a sweet taste or a indulgence or a craving? Is that really me? wanting, indulging, craving that, that meth, that, uh, you know, that constant diet of, of, uh, of energy drinks or whatever. It, what is that? Is that me? Do I understand what is happening? I am, my body is my house. If I, rebe- if I rebel or betray my body, where else do I go to live? I, I go to the grave. I go to the ground. So who in there is whining and craving and wanting and pressuring you? Uh, Romans chapter 6 verse 12 tells us who that is. And you can read in chapter 6 and 7 of Romans and get a whole lot of information about this. Or you can go to my website too. But anyway, he says, Romans 6, 12, uh, in the Amplified, let not sin rule as king in your mortal, short-lived, perishable body to make you obey it in its lusts evil passions and cravings. You know, they put food additives in all the food now, you know, especially if you're in a restaurant, it's going to taste really good. Unbelievable. Oh, wow, wow, wow. What's the, 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 those excitotoxins and neurochemicals are put in your body to make you think this food is lovely and tastes good. But really what it's doing is causing miniature explosions in your brain, for example. And there's just endless information about these things. But we do it, we indulge, we keep drinking the diet, this and that. We keep doing the drugs, we keep drinking the alcohol, we keep doing the meth, because we're addicted. The definition of an addiction is something you're trying to quit that you can't stop. Why are you trying to quit it? Because you don't want to do it. Well, then who in there does want to do it? If you don't want to do it, understand there's a war going on inside of you, inside your body, your mind, and, and Satan has set up struggles in our lives. You know, gluttony, uh, indulgence in sexual perversions, any of these things. This is demonic. This is not the way God created us to function. And so God wants you to know if you're going to jump off the temple, God in his grace and mercy does provide nets and catches us sometimes. But Ultimately, if we don't turn and repent, these things will destroy us. Yeah, and there's a big argument, you know, they had about food and in the uh, Corinthian church and the Roman church back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, what what do you do? You eat food offered to idols, and mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, d- different kinds of some some eat, some eat not. That sort of vegetarians, thing. non-vegetarians, yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. sort of thing. So. The whole deal is that we, we sh- there's all these different diets, you know, all these different food plans and but, this and this and this. But going every on diet these days. starts with the three letters D I E. D I E, right? D I E. So yeah. here's the deal, you know, eat 
healthy food, vegetables, fruits, healthy healthy meats, stuff that know where your food comes from, you know, eat as healthy as you possibly can, and then really don't worry about it. Because well, some people are just, oh, man, you know, this might have a little sugar in it, and I better not eat that. And we're not... We're not. We're here not talking to, to about religious to, to kind di- of dietary yeah. neurotics, but right. you know, here's bottom line: is this the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? Is not eat also, and drink. It's not food and drink. It's Romans fourteen seventeen. It's righteousness, peace, peace and joy, joy in, in the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Ghost. Now listen. You think of righteousness and be the righteousness that Jesus gives us. It's not our own righteousness; it's mm-hmm, His righteousness mm-hmm. that's applied to us. But yet, with that, there will be right thinking, right living, and joy, which and is then peace. Mm-hmm. How many people really have peace in their hearts or peace in their bodies? And just turmoil. Your hypothalamus can never find a place of no peace. No peace. For you you have to drug yourself to try anxious, to find some peace. Running around, striving, trying, yeah. stressed. Righteousness, peace, and joy. How many people have real joy that's mm-hmm. not just based, based on uh, some wow-wow entertainment, but just real joy in their With, hearts? You know, the thing is people need to withdraw themselves from the world a bit. You're in the world, not of the world. Withdraw from their entertainments. Don't use their foods and don't use their medicines as much as you can. I'm not saying we're not legalistic. God doesn't say, oh, man, if you take an aspirin, you're going to die. Some of these things that God has given us are, you know, medicines, actually, from the the herbs and the various things. These are actual medicines. Um, So God knows we need these things, too, but he wants to be the source of them uh, and not your pharmacia. Okay, there's so, as you can tell, there's so much to this, but going back to the why are we sick? We're basically sick for because of ignorance. We don't know there's a spiritual war. We don't know how the enemy works. We don't know who God is. We don't know who we are. And we don't know that the devil is real because we've been told that it's all finished, all done, all under the blood. I can eat what I want, do what I want, say what I want, and be as mean as I want because it's all covered in, in Jesus is my righteousness. Well, you know what? Don't live in that spirit of deception, you know, to be deceived and deny. Deal with the enemy. And if there's, and ask the Lord. This is where we get to the real deal. You, Jesus Christ is faithful. He says, I will never leave you or, or forsake you. I will not leave you orphans. I'll be with you to the end. He sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of us. So you have the Holy Spirit who is there to lead you into all truth and triumph. So why don't you stop trying to live your life all by yourself and feel alone and trying to get people to like you and all that, and just say this, okay, Holy Spirit, lead me out of this mess. You're the truth. You're going to lead me into victory, triumph. Lead me out of this mess. And he's going to walk you out of the lies if you're willing to walk in the truth. And it's not about your feelings. It's not about what, what you used to do. It's not about what other people say you should do. It's about the word of God. Go back, people, read the Bible. Take off your religious glasses, read it slow, not because you have to, and don't just just think you've got enough because you've got some regurgitated you know, snack from the, the sermon on Sunday. You have to eat your own food. That's the rule in the body. I can't have somebody else eat my food for me. I have to eat my own food. And so be selective. You, the word of God is full of delicious uh, re- revelation, wonderful truths, life-giving truths. And the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind and your heart. So let us go forward 
start here. If you don't know where else to start, you know, you can throw your microwave out of the kitchen and never use it again. That's, they can do that on that side. But on this side, you start with reading the word of God and start with the gospels. Start with Jesus. Most of us have a pretty twisted concept of who he is. And we don't know his compassion. We don't know his love. We don't know his power. And we're doubtful and double-minded that he really loves us. Read about Jesus, how he handled people, what he did, what he said, how he loved the broken people had compassion on them, and begin to believe that you are loved. That's the big problem. People are isolated, lonely, and they don't know that they are loved. Because love, knowing that you're loved by God, brings healing. Also, the second thing is don't believe everything that you feel. Don't believe everything that people say. When you're tempted with a symptom, a stomach ache, an allergy, or this or that, say, okay, Lord, what is the truth I need to know about this? Why am I sneezing uh, in front of the cat? Why, wh- you know, what's the lie? Because you didn't make me to be allergic to the cat, okay, or whatever. And, and you say, and then God will listen. The Holy Spirit will show you, okay, you're afraid. Okay, because fear is the root of all of these responses because the body recognizes fear as an enemy. And so it begins to secrete histamines to re- resist the fear and cortisol and neurotransmitters, blah, blah, blah. So the body is trying to help you, but it overhelps you. And then you become overactive in your immune system or whatever. And then, you know, all these things, histamines burn the skin, then you break out with something and da, 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 and get acne or whatever. So ask the Lord, to go into the word with you and lead you in the Holy Spirit. Lord, show me where to read. Show me what to read. Show me how to understand. Proverbs are full of stuff that's helpful. So is the Psalms. As we close here today, I just want to read Romans 15, 13. That kind of draws all this together. Good. Now may the God of hope. Hope means, that doesn't mean that I just, I hope so. I hope it works out. It means a sure expectation of good. Mm-hmm. in the scriptures. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're just, Lord, we're just here today looking to you. You're the God of hope, and we pray that you just fill us today with your joy, with your peace, because we believe you, because we're trusting in you, and and we're looking to you, Lord. We're looking to you for healing. We're looking to you for health. Mm-hmm. We're looking to you for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We're, we're we're looking for you to you for just deliverance from the Treachery clutches, lies. clutches, mm-hmm. and the lies of the enemy. So we just trust you, Lord. Get us into the place of just rest and peace. And recognize, too, that even we have peace, even in the midst of the war, yep. that we will submit to you, resist the enemy, that we will not, the word says, give no place to the devil. So we won't give him any place in our lives, whether it's physically, spiritually, mentally, give no place to the devil. And that we will just fill our minds, our hearts with truth, truth of your word, truth of who you really are truth that sets us free. And we thank you, Lord God, that you give us the grace and strength to do that by the power of your Holy Spirit to love and live in your word and to reap the benefits and the blessings and the goodness that you have for us. Amen. I'd recommend again that you go to liferecovery.com 
and check out the book, A Case for Healing, or the book Cravings. They both have a lot to say about your body, your health, and um, how to live in it. So God bless you, A Case for Healing and or Cravings. Have a good day. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.